Hey, welcome to the Coming Out Late Podcast. I'm Robin, your host, and I'm a late bloomer just like you. We are a part of a rapidly growing, lesser known, or even talked about subset of the queer community. We're a tribe, if you will. And if you're anything like me, when I came out, I was confused, scared. I felt like I was going crazy and I felt all alone and had nobody to talk to. Not to worry, you've come to the right place. In the Coming Out Late podcast, you'll hear real, raw, and relatable Coming Out Late stories. You'll be inspired, informed, and educated, and you'll definitely feel supported. And you can stop feeling like you're living someone else's life and start living your own. So welcome, you have found your tribe. And welcome to the Coming Out Late podcast. All right, all right. We are back with another episode of Coming Out Late Podcast. Hello, hello. I'm Robin, your host. And I have another special surprise today. I have another guest, and her name is Kathy Dirksen. And Kathy Dirksen is a wealth and success coach, as well as a five-time Amazon number one best-selling author and international speaker. Whoa. Whoa, that's that's impressive. Her passion is dedicated to helping women tap into their own brilliance to create lives filled with genuine joy and fulfillment. Kathy's mission is to create a cycle of wealth and success among women around the world. After working as a financial planner for over a decade, she left her corporate job and started her own business, Inspired Tenacity, I love that name, to focus on helping women create wealth and success on their own terms. Welcome, Kathy. Welcome to the Coming Out Late Podcast. How are you today? I'm great. I'm great. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. My pleasure. I know our listeners always like to hear from other people, not just me all the time joining <laughs> on. So it's great to have you. You have done a lot of things. You've written books and you've worked in corporate. You were a financial planner. How did you get to where you are today? Well, it has definitely been a series of shifts, a lot of evolution. My original life, I actually worked in medical genetics. So my oh, wow. my education is actually in biology and genetics. And I spent 25 years doing that. And that's when I was raising my kids. That's when I was married. And after, after being married for, I guess it's about 23 years, I got to a point where I realized that that had to, something big had to change. It was, had become a really toxic environment and with no sign of anything improving, it was going the opposite direction. And my kids were both showing signs of, you know, their, the impact on them of our relationship that really wasn't going well. And so I made the big decision to walk away from that marriage, take the kids with me. And I described it like I literally threw my life up in the air and reinvented it on the way back down. So wow, you know, I think a lot of the, the listeners, a lot yeah. of listeners can understand that they're going through I, I that think, right now. <laughs> I think there's a lot of women, and even especially right now, I think feeling like they're caught in that. What do I do? I need to do something. How do I even begin? 
And so that's when I actually left my career in medical genetics. As you can imagine, well, a lot of it was working in hospital labs, which you don't see people, you don't have a lot of interaction. And so when I was at that point in my marriage where I knew I had to start all over myself, I'll have to look after myself financially. I'd been working part-time at that time. So I knew I needed to make big changes, not just in my relationship and now in my housing, but now also in my career. So that's when I really stopped and thought, okay, who am I and what should I be doing right now? Like, what is my, where do I belong? And I'm a big believer of listening to your gut to really follow your intuition. And so even though it really didn't make a lot of sense from a logical perspective at that time, I left my career of 25 years, which had required six years of post-secondary education and, you know, extremely high-level qualifications, completely dropped that and started a career in financial planning. Wow. Which, again, is a career that requires more education and more exams and more training. Oh, my gosh. At that time, I did that because, again, listening to my gut and where I needed to be, I felt I need to be in a role where I'm with people, helping people, like really one-on-one, directly helping people. And at that time, a lot of my friends were also going through a divorce and finding themselves in situations where they knew nothing about their finances. They, you know, he'd looked after so much of this before. Now they were on their own, no idea where to even start. And that's where I really felt the calling that I can be that person that they can come to for that information, for that support. And I mean, as a lot of us know, the financial industry is very male dominated. And so I spoke with a lot of women who had said that they felt that they couldn't find somebody that could actually hear what they were saying, that would actually understand their story and understand what they were trying to do, you know, for themselves, for their kids to create their independence. And, And like you mentioned in my bio, to create that success and wealth on their own terms. Right. So not it's like, scary though. It's scary. I mean, exa- how, oh, exactly. Know. Exactly. So the guys weren't hearing that. So I, so that's why I originally did go into financial planning with that goal that I will be that woman that the women can come to, that I will be that safe place where they can ask questions. They can really show who they are and what their concerns are and what their dreams are which is another huge part for most women in that position or really at any time in their life that we've almost put ourselves on the back burner for so long that we've almost forgotten what we want to do. Amen to that. I mean, it's not only like, what do we want to do? But your one of your original questions is, who am I? It's who am I and what do I want to do? And how do I do it? How do I get there? Exactly. And, the, and so after 10 years of doing a corporate job in financial planning, I, I really got to the point when I recognized I'm, I'm not doing what I came here for. Wow. I came here to help women really make choices, to have that place to go to, you know, so that I could work with who needed my help. Whereas in a corporate setting, you tend to be working with who they tell you, these are your clients, these are the type of people you're looking for. And it really had gotten to the point where it was really, I was babysitting rich people looking after their money. So there was, I was really not helping anybody. I wasn't changing any lives. I was, you know, just feeling frustrated that there's something else I'm supposed to be doing. And, And that's when I got the next big intuition and okay, what's next. And that's when I now have left that corporate job doing my own company, as you mentioned, Inspired Tenacity, where I can again, help women on their own terms. 
so I can help with their money questions and what they need to do. Obviously, I'm not any longer selling products. So again, I don't have that bias as far as what mutual funds you should buy or yeah. what insurance you should. I'm not selling any products, but I can just, I can help with their understanding, their goals, where they're trying to get to. Wow. But a huge part for me also with financial planning is that it really, to me, starts at the end of the conversation. Like when you're planning your money, what you're saving for, what you're going to do, in my heart, there should be that first part of the conversation of really, really figuring out what do you want to do? Wow. You know, again, going back to that whole thing, what's your dreams? What's your goals? What do you want to be doing for the next 10 years, 20 years, 30 years? What do you want to be doing? And until you've really worked out that part, the money part really doesn't matter yet. Right. Now that's true because you know, that's there's, your there's, roadmap. There's day-to-day it? stuff, obviously, that matters. But the big right. picture of your money doesn't matter until you've really let yourself think about the first stuff. Absolutely. Because without the first stuff, you don't know. It's kind of like, how do you get from point A to point B without, well, I would say a roadmap, but now we use, uh, you know, GPS. (laughs) I've still got a roadmap. (laughs) I still love to have my physical map in my hand. I look at it and I see, I get that perspective of what direction I'm going. And yeah, no, I, I am not to the point where I trust the GPS on my phone. (laughs) (laughs) But to your point, we all need some kind of guidance, you know, to get to the end result, which is, okay, how do I get that money, you know, based on what I want and need to do in my life? Yeah. You know, in many cases, I mean, our listeners have small children or they have children in grade school or high school and they need to provide. I mean, they need to make sure that there's money there to pay the mortgage and feed the dogs and, you know, so forth. It's a scary time. How do you guide women through that? The who I am and what do I want and what's next? Well, we we begin with some really just deep conversations about, because again, you know, going back to the, that whole idea that we have really stopped asking ourselves what we want for so long. I remember one day when my kids were younger, I literally stopped and I thought, I don't even remember what kind of music I like to listen to oh my or what kind of food I want to eat. If I so if someone asked, asked me, what food do you want to eat? Yes. I, at that point, it was like, I really didn't know. Wow. And I'd lost well, you know, track of even that, that. It's so true. At the end of my marriage, I was married technically 28-ish years, but by the time the divorce was done, it was almost 30. And I left, I was a shell of myself. I didn't yes. know who I was. Yeah. I didn't know what my political beliefs were. I di- like you said, I didn't know whether I liked peanut butter and jelly or wanted grilled cheese, you know, or, yeah. or what music I stopped listening to music even, yeah. you know, it, it's so boy, well, oh boy, you are. Yeah. And, and in my house, I did not have the control of the remote control. Oh no. You know, my no. husband had that remote control. Yep. And so <laughs> so yep. it got to the point that I just didn't even care. Like I just, didn't think about what show do I want to watch because the yep. show that was going to be on the TV was whatever he decided we were going to watch. Yep. And, and I just got to the point, it's just like, okay, whatever. I'm just not even going to fight about it. Just I know. We just give in. We throw up our hands. I mean, I can remember watching millions of episodes of Pawn Stars, you know, where they go to the pawn shop. Oh, and yeah. they, <laughs> I mean, that was that and a bunch of car shows, a whole lot of car shows. In our house, it was hockey games. so where did you find your courage to do this i mean you left obviously you were in a toxic situation it's a little bit easier but not necessarily always easier to leave a toxic situation but where did you find your courage and to make you made so many big changes in your life 
I, I think part of it was you know, that feeling as a mother that I need to be a role model for my kids and that I am setting an example both of what does a relationship look like and what do I put up with in my life. And so wow. I think for me, that was one of the real big pushing points was mm-hmm. I need to be the one who says and acts, this is not okay. This is not how I'm living my life. This is not what's going to be happening for the next five, 10 years. This is ending right now. Wow. At the time, of course, it was chaos for all of us mm-hmm. you know, with selling the house and moving and just the emotional stuff that goes, you know, here we've got my, my ex and my two kids and myself Oof. all going through this whole process differently, right? And mm-hmm. trying to be that one who was holding everything afloat yeah. and being there for them while I was reinventing myself. <laughs> Yeah. And also hurting, you know, and also. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. And and so uh, definitely a big part of it was tapping into communities Mm. like the one you're building now where Mm -hmm. women have just other women to go to that are doing the similar thing or have a dream that they're willing to actually entertain and move towards. And, And I think that's a part that really holds a lot of us back when we keep ourselves in the same social circles all the time. And definitely if you're sticking just in your circle, it's much harder to try something new or break out of where you're at. Whereas once you do start actually reaching out and connecting with women in different places and and just following that voice, that's that calling of what you want to do differently. Mm -hmm. Who are those people that are doing that? Who are those people that are both through that process but who are those women that are just starting out or just a bit ahead of you or, you know, really tapping into those communities? Absolutely. So, Absolutely. So, and, and it's so important to have that kind of support and, and different venues to talk. As you know, I, I mentioned to you before, I run a, a weekly Zoom meeting called Women Loving Women on Wednesday nights. And the courage and, and bravery that these women are showing by just A, showing up, showing yeah. up, you know, and not knowing anybody. And these are Zoom meetings and, you know, I, nobody has to tell their story, but I do ask everybody, you know, is there something on your mind? Is there something heavy on your heart? Is there a challenge you're going through? Or if they're new to the meeting, would you care to share your, share your story with us? And they do. And they do. And it's communities, like you said, that allow women to do this and to find their voice, find their strength and gather some support and encouragement around mm-hmm. to make really tough decisions and big, yeah. big decisions. Exactly. Kudos to you, girl. So then with my programs as well, so like I was saying, so we start at that point. We start with actually giving yourself permission. I find that's a huge part of it, that we don't give ourselves permission or allow ourselves to think those dreams and think bigger. So that's the first part is really getting into that and allowing yourself to think about those things and really visualize and get into what you actually do want to be doing. What does that ideal day look like for you? that you're working towards. And then once we do have that vision in place that we're working on, then we start putting together some of the, okay, how do we get there? What are the changes we need to put in place to make that happen? And again, sometimes it is things like leaving a marriage, selling a house, starting all over, 
moving to a different city. You know, sometimes it's big things like that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's smaller things of just getting more information about something, looking into something different. Right now, especially, there's so many women going through career changes. I mean, mm-hmm. part of it has been forced by COVID in the shifting job environment that we've got going on. But I think a lot of it, I almost like to call it a midlife awakening. <laughs> Because there's so many of us kind of in, you know, you hit 40 and 50s and moving up that it's almost like this awakening in you that you feel like, okay, there's something next. What's next? Mm -hmm. And so that part, sometimes the steps to get there aren't as obvious as they are if it's, okay, I'm leaving a marriage or, you know, so sometimes it takes a lot more breaking down the situation and what are the moving parts of it and what are the things that might start you moving in the next direction. That is so true. mm -hmm, And and there's there's something that can be very beautiful about a midlife awakening. It doesn't have to be something to dread. Oh, Oh, no. Um, No. In fact, I feel like I'm living my best life in in my 50s. And and now I just turned 60s. You know, and I I don't know. I I attribute it to some degree with perimenopause and menopause. I I feel like there was a big shift in me that gave me permission to be, quote unquote, selfish and think about what is it that I want? You know, what impact do I want to have on the world and how can I live a better life and a better me, you know, and Mm. that is awesome what you're doing. So here we are in the midlife awakening and you've gotten them to that point and then you take them through what steps do they need to do? What, what else do you, how else do you work with, with the women? Well, and the kind of longer term process too, is a lot about having the support and the community around you to keep going through with those changes. Because I do have a, some of my programs are like a one month kickstart kind of thing. Some are three months. Okay, let's get this rolling. But the ones that I really like to focus on are my six month programs. And with, because with those ones, we do go through that, like we were saying that initial discovery, rediscovery, put some steps in place, but then it also gives us that time to, start moving into those things and adjusting as we need to. Mm -hmm. And with that continued support and that continued, okay, let's try this if that didn't work. Or, you know, how are you feeling now that you've done this and this and this? Are we on the right track? Mm -hmm. So I really find that having a six-month program where you can really be together throughout that those first initial things is really my favorite. I would agree. I would agree because, you know, it takes almost a month just to give ourselves permission, you know, identify Mm -hmm. the things we want to change, you know, find the courage to change those things. You know, it's almost like the serenity prayer, you know, grant me the the serenity to accept the things I I cannot change and and the courage to change the things I can. That almost takes a month in and of itself, you know, and then, and then three months, you're kind of getting into the, okay, how are we going to get there? But Six months allows you to have an accountability partner and to really dive deep and not abandon yourself and not exactly. abandon the plans. And, and I think that's great. Well, I find quite often, too, you know, because there's been so many years that we haven't really allowed ourselves to think about ourselves, that it takes us a while to really be honest with ourselves. Ugh. So those goals that first come into mind of what we want are often just the surface things that until we really start making those shifts, we don't get to the point where we're recognizing and again, allowing us ourselves to really, really sink into, this is my life. This is me I'm creating. What can I do? What am I supposed to be doing? And again, we're talking 
for the next 20, 30, yeah. 40 years. I mean, yep. a lot of us, we need to plan to be living into our 90s. Mm-hmm. And that old version of retiring when you would golf and garden and travel mm-hmm. now and then, that works if you're only going to be retired for five to 10 years. True. But most of us, we're looking at 20 to 30 years in retirement. So, and even that the idea of dementia and other mental problems, you know, actual physiological problems of our brain, the more we keep ourselves busy and inspired and Mm -hmm. doing things that excite us, that keeps our brains alive. So true. You know, people are bored and lonely. I mean, we just start shriveling up. Mm -hmm. So again, you know, being in a community of inspiring, exciting people helps us in a lot of ways. Yeah. Well, you bring up so many, so many great points. Let's go back to the word honesty that you just mentioned. (laughs) That is so important. So, I mean, you can't move forward unless you're honest with yourself. You just can't, you know, you need a willingness, a willingness to dig deep and be uncomfortable. What is the expression? You know, we have to learn to be comfortable with, with discomfort, you know, and and we have to learn to be comfortable with uncertainty as well. And the only way we can get there is being honest with ourselves. If we're not honest with ourselves, then we're just spinning our wheels and, and fooling ourselves. And I love that you brought that up and, and continue to mention community because community is so, so important. Wow. This is good stuff. Good stuff. What else do you want to let us know about how you help women? How do you change their lives? Oh, yeah, so much of it. And I'm really getting into as well the idea of contribution. Like what are we bringing to the world? Not just what, what we want for ourselves, but for so many of us, what we want for ourselves is to be contributing in a bigger way to, I mean, obviously there's our family, but then there's our community, but even on a bigger scale, I really believe that the energy that women bring to a community is the energy that is going to shift this negative reality that we're surrounded by right now. Woo-hoo. And, you know, going back to my bio there with my mission of, you know, creating that cycle of wealth and success among women around the world. And my idea there really is as we help each other, so one woman helps another or a group, we create a ripple effect. We do. Of that impact. So, you know, you're helping me, I'm helping you, you're helping your neighbor. Next thing we know, that impact of what we're doing and people helping people, then helping other people and helping other people, you know, going back to that that old commercial, you know, that she told you friends and she told you friends, <laughs> you know, and that ripple effect of the, the impact of what we can have with our actions yes. is beyond anything we can really imagine. Oh, I love that you bring up contribution. You know, I, I talk about that too in serving, you know, be of service. It is so important to get outside ourselves. What we give away comes back tenfold. I don't give to, to receive. I really give because it, it fills my heart. And, and that's one of the reasons I do this podcast. But yes, contribution. I mean, if we can just lift each other up. What it, there's an expression too, when the tide rises, all the boats rise. Yes, that's one of my favorite quotes. Yeah. 
The rising tide lifts all boats. Yes, yes. And it is so true. And I really, really, I, I don't know. I feel like I'm on a movement. I'm in the beginning of wanting to start a movement about, yes. you know, women power and yeah. helping each other because it is a ripple effect. And yes, I, I love the word movement too. I, I think because it, it, it does bring that bigger mm-hmm. feeling, like you can, you can, you can see something happening with the word movement. Yes. It's not just a a little thing. It's, it's like a shift. And one of the words too, that I've really been kind of taking on lately is disruptor. Mm. And I mean, disruptor doesn't have to be a negative thing. I think most of us think of disruptor as, Oh my God, they're, they're wrecking everything or they're, I mean, to me, you know, again, going back to this kind of negative energy that we've been in for so long, it's going to take disruptors to get us to shake our heads, like to really give ourselves a good shake and say, okay, we've all been kind of in this lull, you know, almost just waiting for something to change kind of thing. But I mean, it's going to take disruptors to get people to open their eyes again and see, okay, we all need to do something. Mm-hmm. We need to, whether it's just, again, that little thing of helping your neighbor or you know, giving someone a call that you haven't heard from in a while. Yep. I, I think the next pandemic right now really is loneliness, mm. loneliness and sadness. And I think those have really tapped into so many people right now that again, reaching out to somebody and just that phone call, just that smile, just that, you know, those are the ways that we help each other to get out of this funk that we're in. Absolutely. You know? And I couldn't think of a bigger disruptor than than COVID. And I, and I think <laughs> it's that, been you know, a negative disruptor. We need well, to we need to do the well. There's the been, pros and cons. That's true. Yeah, there are pros and cons. You know, I look at COVID was horrendous for for all of us on all different levels, and I'm not going to take that away from all the people that have experienced that. But I also believe that it was the universe's way of disrupting what was, mm-hmm. and to say, hey, that's you true. know, life is precious. Life is fragile. Your loved ones are not going to be here forever. Our health is something that we should covet and, you know, really embrace. You know, I think COVID has given us an opportunity to stop and has disrupted our flow in life. And it's an opportunity. I try to look at yes. most things as opportunities. Yes. And and yes, challenges are opportunities as well. And boy, there's nothing that that's got to be one of the biggest disruptors I've ever been fortunate to survive through, which was COVID. The big positive that I see that's come of it all is this whole idea that we're all online now. And so the world has become so small that That like we're doing right now, like you and I met Mm -hmm. on a clubhouse, on just a chat group. We didn't know anyone in the group. We met there. We connected on Zoom. We connected right away. And now we're doing this. I know. So this would never have happened if COVID hadn't forced all of us to get online and all the podcasts that are coming out right now too, you think about that and Mm -hmm. how they're impacting. I mean, now your stories and your messages, your every episode, you have no idea where it's going. I mean, I don't, again, is that ripple effect around the world. Your podcast connecting with somebody on the other side of the world 
who needs to hear your message. Yeah, it's right? it's really, it's quite humbling. And I do get messages from people saying, I binge listened to your podcast and thank you so much. And, and, I'm, and I'm sitting here literally in my closet <laughs> <laughs> broadcasting, you know, and, and dropping episodes once a week thinking, gosh, I hope this helps one person, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. But it's it's true. COVID has made our world smaller and because we, we've been online. And I was thinking that too. We never would have met had there not be a clubhouse and, and that we've all been online more. And that's true with, with everybody that I've been meeting, all the women that show up in my Women Loving Women meeting and all around. It's just amazing. I mean, I talk about communities. I, I would not have met my current love of my life had I not been in a group called Bloomer Society. And she formed that group out of her own need because she was in a marriage. This woman, Julia Hoffman, fell in love with a woman and left her marriage and married this woman and said, there's got to be other women out there like me. And thank goodness she did, because there are 800 of us in her group. Oh, wow. Yeah. And and it keeps growing. And and the, the Facebook groups that are out there too, including mine, Coming Out Late Community, there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of women. One group has 5,000 women in it. Another wow. group has 1,600 women in it. It's, it's just incredible. And the thing I feel most fortunate about, like you said, is that it is unifying us all. It's bringing us closer together, even though I have a following in the UK and I can't believe it. It's just, it blows my mind. And I have a following in Canada, which is where yeah. you're from. Yeah. And it is, it's making the world smaller. Thank goodness. And, well, exactly. Uh, and we're seeing yeah. that we're not different. No. You know, people around the world at the core, we're all the same. Our real base needs and concerns are the same. So uh, different true. things are going on around us quite often. And, you know, getting right back to some of the books that I've been involved in, the first three books were with just a local group of ladies that they've done quite a few books and like quite a few great projects, but all very local. Whereas now this next project of my seventh project coming out, will be, we just started getting the ideas together, but we've got an international group of ladies working wow. together. I was on a call yesterday and one of the ladies was in Helsinki. Oh my gosh. You know, so here we are on Zoom together, you know, finding a time, it's 10 o'clock for her out there at night. Wow. And I'm here in the morning on the West Coast. And, and yeah, so we're planning this book project. And again, it's all based on stories, women's stories that they feel they need to share. Mm -hmm. And so women around the world contributing to this book. I love that. With their shared stories. So I'm yeah. So, it, and I'm so glad amazing. you're doing the work that you're doing and that it's focused on women because I really am trying to I want to bring together women like yourself and other coaches who want to help empower women in concert with this movement that we're trying to create. It just warms my heart that you're doing that and, and that you're working with women, helping lifting them up. And in doing so, hopefully we will pay it forward. You know, when we're lifted up yes. and, you know, and that's what I just want to do. I just want to pay it forward. And like you said, watch the ripple effect. You know, it's, there's just nothing more gratifying than that. I just love the work that you're doing. And, and for those who are listening, Kathy, by the way, is not in our community. She's not in the LGBTQ community, but I consider her a loving ally. But I thought her, the work that she does, the compassion that she has, the focus on women and empowering women and helping them live their best life and break through with courage. And I just thought I had to have her on. And she's a wealth of knowledge in terms of both your mindset, but also financial. And I'm hoping to invite her to our Women Loving Women Zoom group 
so that we can ask her some questions in a more intimate setting, one-on-one. And I know that she has graciously agreed to do that. So I feel thrilled. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, me too. Me too. What else can we can we say to inspire the people listening about doing the hard work, making making the hard changes, making the hard decisions? I think a huge part of it is believing in yourself. And and if you feel that you can't draw up the strength yourself to make a big decision or to make, actually make that move, then reach out. Reach out to, even if it's someone that you don't even know. And in some ways, I find it actually easier for people to talk about really vulnerable things with people they don't even know yet. That's so true. And and you will discover, you know, an ally that you had never realized was even there. And so, again, reaching out to community, don't feel you're alone. We're not alone. Mm. You're surrounded by people that want to help. Mm-hmm. But if they don't know that you need help or you're looking for help or you just need someone to talk to mm-hmm. until you actually say it out loud in some way even whether it's a post, whether it's, a, again, you know, Clubhouse has been so great for that. It has. That, again, you can step into any room and tell your story mm-hmm. and find people to connect with. And so, again, don't feel that you're alone. There's people Ugh. here to help. On my website, I've got links to book a call. We can do even just a you know half hour chat around how things are going. It might turn into just me giving you some input that will help you in a different direction or connect you with someone else. Mm-hmm. Or maybe one of my programs makes sense for you as well. But again, just reach out, find that contact, make a connection. You're surrounded by people who want to help. That's so true. And I, I just love that idea. And there, unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, we have our world is made up of extroverts, introverts, and everybody in between. And for some people, it's harder to yes. to reach out. But when they do, oh my gosh, there's such a relief. I don't know, even if you just have to kind of wave a, a little flag saying help, you know, yeah. <laughs> I need help over here. It's so important. And and you mentioned your website, is that's inspiredtenacity.com. Yes. That's where people can find you. And I'll, I will have the link to that in the show notes. Are there other places that people can contact you or is that the best place to reach you? Uh, well, on there, there's the links to book a call. Okay. So I've also got mine on LinkedIn as well. Clubhouse is always good. Yeah. I've got a couple of gifts as well. So I've got like an ebook that I Aww. can send a link for that we can can send out to the community that way. And then I've also got my, my kickstart session. So it's cool. just kind of a couple quick sessions where we really get focused on what's going on, what you want to get started with. Yes. That's why I like the word kickstart. It's kind of that, okay, let's just give that thing a kick in the butt. (laughs) Exactly. And it's not, it's not too scary, you know, and and yet it's also not too demure or too easy. Like, Hey, we're going to, let's get this kickstarted. Yes, Yes. exactly. Those are both just complimentary things, gifts for your community. So so feel free to use those. Okay. I will make sure that I pass them over to Inspired Tenacity. I just love that. I love the name of that. You know, I, I think tenacity is so important, for, particularly yes. for women, particularly yes. nowadays. And that, that title, that name came to me in that, when I was in that process of leaving my marriage and starting wow. all over and just that, that it was, again, you know, kind of this intuitive listening to that intuitive side and those yes. words just came to me and they've stuck in my head 
that's oh, and then well. later when I did create my my business, it just seemed natural that that's my title. And it's funny how I talk to some people and they see the name of my business and they're like, "What is that? I think oh, you gosh. need to change the name of your business." Oh gosh! And then no. I talk to other people like you, and yes. it's like, "I love that." I and it's do. like, "You're my people." Yes, <laughs> some people that don't get it, they don't get it. <laughs> no, they don't get it, and it's so obvious to me what you do. I mean, I just love it. I love it. And I love that you you were able to spend some time with us today. I'm so grateful, very very appreciative of you and everything that you're doing. Well, oh, make sure to. Ha- oh, it's my pleasure, my pleasure. I knew we connected after meeting you in Clubhouse, and Kathy Dirks and everybody with inspired tenacity, and I think she hit the nail on the head that you are not alone. You don't have to feel alone out there because you're not alone. So please keep listening. Go over to Kathy's inspiredtenacity.com website and see what she's all about. And, you know, just remember, it's never too late and you're not alone. So thank you, Kathy, for, for joining me today. Thank you, everybody, for listening and have a great one. Thank, thank you. you. If you're looking for your people, your community, and a safe place to learn and get answers to your questions, then come join the conversation. Come join us in our private Facebook group, Coming Out Late Community, because we all know it's better late than never, and it's never too late.